Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the USA Today Network, welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right, it's The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Welcome back to the show. Ryan Ross here with Chris Eisman and Steve Edelson. If you listened to us last week, welcome back. If it's your first time, happy to have you because this is going to be a fun episode because it is finally, finally game week. The calendar is flipping over to September. We're going to have a little bit of a chill in the air. Fans are back in the building for the first time since 2019. We're all excited for football to be back. We had a little bit of an appetizer last week. We got the full slate of games coming at us this weekend. We cannot wait for that. And that, of course, means game one of the 2021 campaign, Rutgers versus Temple. We cannot wait for this. We got a lot to get to in this show. We'll have sound from Greg Schiano previewing the matchup with the Temple Owls. We'll make our predictions. But guys, finally, we mentioned it last week. It's finally happening. Here we are on Tuesday, two days away. We're going to have fans in the building. We're going to have football. Great to be back. Yeah, you said it, Ryan. It's it's just fantastic to finally be just a couple of days away from the first game of the season. I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere on, on Thursday. You know, the weather, it, it's looking a little iffy. You know, we're, we have to hope that the rain kind of holds off. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's it's you know, the weather's not going to be ideal, but you know what? Football's back. Fans are back. You know, it should be a great environment at SHI Stadium. So I think fans will be there for the Scarlet Walk. A lot of those traditions that, you know, that uh, that were stripped away last year. So it should be a great day. Yeah, I think it is so exciting to finally be back. I mean, it seems like 20 years ago that March Madness was being canceled and the COVID was was kind of impacting every aspect of life. But now kind of a little bit of normalcy, getting back to a full schedule, fans in the stand. And I think it's intriguing because there are so many unknowns still. You know, we think we're kind of have turned the corner on COVID, but it's still going to be an issue this season and teams are still going to have to try and stay safe. You know, so who knows what that is going to mean and what that is going to mean on a week to week basis for particular teams, you know, and, and, and listen, the, the transfer portal has become such a huge part of the game. Now there's so many unknowns with, with every team. I just think there's going to be some wild swings from week to week and you don't really know what you're going to expect from teams really. And just to throw one more wrench in the plans, of course, Chris mentioned it. Uh, the weather might be a little soggy. Certainly Wednesday will be a washout. Uh, Thursday, hopefully by the time the game kicks off, uh, all the nasty weather will be out of there. The, uh, meteorology is just a hobby of mine, but at last check, we should be clear by then. Uh, Greg Shiano, we have sound from him. He was talking about how excited he is to start the season. He mentions the weather, too, and hopes that, of course, the fans show up for Game 1, their first opportunity to see the Scarlet Knights in person since 2019, let's hear from the Rutgers head coach. Uh, excited about our fans finally getting to play in front of our fans in our stadium, and uh, should be a great atmosphere. And as 
you know, you hear all the stuff of oh, the hurricane that's moving up and those things. Look, we we got to go. We got to go win a football game, and we need our fans to do it. And uh, everybody, get your rain gear out, get your umbrella, whatever it needs to go. But we need to pack that place and make sure that uh, we have a home field advantage when we play in SHI Stadium. So that's my shout out to our fans. Can't wait to see you. Come rain or shine, we'll be there, and so will you. So looking forward to it. I think we're all looking forward to it. And as I said, hopefully things will be a little clear by then. But uh, establishing that home field advantage right in game one, you heard Greg Schiano mention it right there. Have the students show up, have the fans showing up. Uh, that's a big boost for a football team that's trying to trying to turn the quarter this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he said it from the very beginning since he came back to Rutgers that, you know, this is going to require a lot of fan support. He, he wants the fans there. He wants to really make it a raucous atmosphere, kind of the way the sound gets trapped inside of SHI Stadium. I mean, not everybody, you know, Rutgers fans all remember, you know, whether they're watching on TV or they were there back in 2006 at the Louisville game. I mean, people still talk about how crazy that night was. Rutgers wants to get back to that. And that'll take time. But you know what? That starts now. And after, you know, I was at every home game last season and it just was so bizarre. It was really walking into an empty stadium. Not, I mean, I'm actually welcoming the opportunity to sit in traffic on Thursday. Like I'm excited <laughs> to actually have to, you know, go through that um, just because it's so it feels normal. So I think, you know, what Greg is saying is is basically just, you know, calling for all the fans to come out. And despite the rain, you know, you didn't get to do it last year. You get that chance now. Um, so I think, you know, it, and, he, and for him, too, I mean, he, he hasn't even gotten to experience it yet after what happened last year. So he definitely wants a, to create a great atmosphere and, and for it to be a great environment on Thursday night. And that's going to be crucial both against Temple and every game the rest of the season. Well, and I, I think he said it best when he said, get your rain gear out, because I have been at games at, at that stadium where it's raining and there's very few people in the stands. Now, I know this is easy for me to say from my comfortable seat in the press box, but listen, you have to really dig in on this one. This is the first game with fans in almost two years. You know, it's really Shiano. This really is Shiano's homecoming, this game. And you know what? Yeah, get your rain gear out. If the weather's nasty, you're still going to have to get in that stadium and support this team. And I think that's going to be a big thing. And I think it's going to be very important for Rutgers fans. Absolutely right, Steve. And it's it's the fans' first chance. And, you know, they're maybe not paying to go see the head coach stand on the sideline, but it, there is a lot of excitement around this program that Greg Schiano is back. Uh, their first chance to go see his team in person and and hopefully kind of return to the success that he had uh, not too long ago at this very school. So we'll see about that. And hopefully, as I said, the weather clears up. As for the X's and O's of the game, as we start the, the season, the first week of the season, that means the depth charts are released. Uh, we're going to get your reaction to that, guys. But let's first uh, hear again from Greg Schiano talking about the backup quarterback situation for the Scarlet Knights. I think it's, you know, they've done such a good job, both of them. And, you know, we we were hoping that it would just play itself out and it would be an easy decision. But they literally each day made it harder and harder to make a decision. And Sean and I just decided, depending on the situation, which I won't get into, obviously, but depending on the situation, one guy may be better suited for that situation if we ever had to go that way. Um, so we'll play that by ear. Sean and I will make that decision. We kind of have the you know what each situation would be and who would go but rather than list it I don't think that uh, anybody won the job nor do I think anybody lost the backup job so that's why we made it an or and, and we'll play it by ear 
So that's Greg Schiano talking about Evan Simon and Cole Snyder. You hope that you really never get to the point where you're having to start your backup quarterback, but kind of a, a backup quarterback by platoon, it sounds like there from the head coach. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, Ryan, I mean, they're hoping that they never really have to show um, the answer to that question unless it's in garbage time late in the game. You know, there was never any question about the top of the quarterback depth chart. I mean, we spoke a little bit about this on last week's show. You know, Schiano made it clear for a while now since really spring practice and then his training camp that this was Noah Vedrill's job. Um, he's the starter. He's the guy for good reason. He earned, he earned that opportunity. He deserves to keep it. Um, and that's, you know, stability that Rutgers hasn't had in a long time, but the question was always his backup. And again, as you just heard, you know, that competition, they kind of hope to have a winner, you know, after the two scrimmages and then, you know, name a definitive backup going into the, to the season opener. That obviously hasn't happened. Um, Cole Snyder has obviously played as fans know a little bit of, at, for Rutgers. Evan Simon's still, you know, unproven. We haven't seen him, you know, attempt to pass in a game yet. So we don't know too much about him, but, um, that, that situation still is, um, you know, at least from the outside, a little unclear, but, um, again, as, as we said, you know, they're hoping that they don't have to reveal that anytime soon. Well, and as you watched Art Sikowski last weekend at Illinois, you know, it, it had to run through your mind. Geez, I hope. Noah Vanderbilt stays healthy here because, you know, you don't have him there anymore. And now you're looking at a couple of unproven guys. And listen, I think everyone is happy for Art Sitkowski and, and to have success at Illinois. And we'll see how long he gets to play and, and how it goes. But boy, it would sure be nice to have him sitting on the Rutgers depth chart at this point. And as we get to pick apart that depth chart before our first game of the season, Chris, anything other than the quarterback situation that really caught your attention? You know, Ryan, I, there, there were so many returning starters on this team. There really weren't too many holes to fill, so not a whole lot of surprises. I mean, I know some people are surprised about uh, Cedrice Pallant, you know, getting that that nod to, to start at, at guard. Um, you know, there was some thought that maybe Brian Felter could be in that spot, but right now he's they have him uh, backing up Nick Crimmin at center with Pallant starting. Um, you know, you could look at maybe Tyshawn Fogg getting an oar with Tyreek Maddox-Williams um, at linebacker. Um, but, and, and then Drew Singleton, you know, some people were surprised by that too, but again, you know, he's going to be a starter in certain packages, a backup in others. Um, you know, Rutgers will obviously play, you know, five defensive backs a lot of times and two linebackers. So, um, that's going to change some things a little bit, but for the most part, you know, there, there really wasn't too many surprises. I think that we could kind of lay out what the depth chart was going to look like, you know, before Rutgers released it, um, just with the amount of returning players that they had coming back. So, you know, I, I think that there's some interesting players here. You know, I'm interested to see how the defensive line looks and, and you know, how Mayan Ahana, too, who impressed last year, how he kind of fills in that role. And then uh, when, you know, his backup, Efine Maijay, um, how he looks. So I, I think that there's some, you know, definitely intriguing spots that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. But when the depth chart came out and I, I took a look at it, nothing, not a whole lot really stood out. One thing that we should mention, too, is that Patrice Rene, he was a highly touted uh, transfer from North Carolina. Uh, there was a lot of expectation that he could be a starting cornerback. He is injured, as Greg Schiano said yesterday, so he will not be available against Temple. Um, so that's why uh, Max Melton and um, Dre Avery are obviously down as the starting corners at this point. Avery Young sliding over to safety. So uh, no Patrice Rene uh, this week, at least. You know, I think as you look at the depth chart, you know, I think the one area you really were worried about was replacing 
Michael Drum for because he was such a disruptor last year in that three technique, you know, and, and you're going to have a little rotation in there to try and, and, and fill that spot. But that's going to be a tough one to, to replace because I, th I thought he was very good last year. So that's one area I think that kind of jumps out at you. And I think obviously the other real question mark with this team was the offensive line. You know, and as you look at it, you know, Bodner is now going to be a starter. Pallion's going to be a starter at guard. You know, you hope that that group can come together. And that is going to be the key for this whole season is, is how that starting offensive line comes together as a unit. And if they can grow and especially gain some confidence through those first three games before you get into the teeth of that Big Ten schedule, I think that's going to be critical for this team. Yeah, there's no question that depth at the at the line is is going to be, you know, I think a, a big a concern, you know, as the season gets going. Um, you know, one guy I'm I'm interested to see is Holland Pierce. You know, he's a former walk on. He's six eight, three twenty five. You know, a great story. Um, you know, we've mentioned him a little bit before. Uh, he he's got a chance to really make an impact. You know, Greg Schiano said yesterday that he's going to play, and if he does well, he's going to play a lot. So he's one guy that I'm really interested to see, and and just you know, you know, what a great story that that. That really is. He's done a, a great job in his development. And let's head back up to the top of the depth chart. And, and QB1, Noah Vedrill, we mentioned him a few minutes ago. And something Steve just touched on, the quarterback had to say the other day, those little battles, winning those, those little things, locking down the fundamentals, that's going to be so important for a team like Rutgers this year that is trying to take that step forward. Let's hear what the starting quarterback for the Scarlet Knights had to say. I think I've said it before, like we've prepped so hard and that we believe we can win any game. I think... And in the Big Ten, you have to. That's how competitive it is. To have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter, you have to go into the game knowing, like, hey, if we do this job, and we do this job, and we do this job, and we do them really well, we're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter. And with as much situational football work we do here, we expect to be very competitive in those end-of-game situations and tight, close games where things really come down to the details and the matter. So, again, every week we expect to go 1-0, and and we're going to prepare like we can and prepare like we know exactly what we're going to do, and we're going to execute that to the best of our abilities, and we're going to see where that puts us. I think that's exactly what you want to hear from your starting quarterback, uh, you know, the de facto leader of this team, the most important position on the field. Those little things, you know, it's 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 hard to take that giant step forward that I think Rutgers fans are are really yearning for to kind of get back to the past glory days of, uh, you know, the last decade. Uh, those little steps forward, it's the attention to detail that I think is so important for this team. And it's certainly a good thing to hear that from your leader. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. And, and that was, you know, Noah was actually, um, he was asking, answering a question that I had about, you know, kind of what, how they would assess their expectations for themselves going into the season. And, you know, that's, that's the key. It's just, they want to give themselves, they want to go into the fourth quarter in every game, non-conference, Big Ten, um, with a chance to win. And, and that's the key. And then that's what they work toward. They're, they, they obviously, you know, a Greg Shiano coach team, they pay attention to the smallest details. Um, they spend a lot of time on that in practice. It was a big focus in training camp. Um, so that's, that's kind of what they're, they want from themselves is to just go into that fourth quarter of every single game with an opportunity to pull out the win at the end. And if they can do that, I think that they'll be in good shape, but that's the goal going into the season. And I think the most important factor with Noah Vedral in this team is his leadership uh, the leadership he showed last year. And that kind of leadership in the fourth quarter is going to be huge for this team in the huddle. And, you know, I think that could that could equal a win or two for this team this year is that kind of leadership that he has shown. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, he was, he was voted one of six team captains earlier this week and you know, it's a unique because he was obviously, you know, a transfer coming over from Nebraska, um, you know, before the start of the 2020 season and to get 
in, in a short amount of time, relatively speaking, he's really gained the respect of his teammates, of his coaches, um, and and he's really become a, a voice in that locker room for for all the position groups. So you know, you're absolutely right, Steve. I agree 100. percent You know his leadership is is incredibly valuable. And we talked about it last week too, but you know this is a team where if a couple games go their way and they're able to squeak out a few wins, uh, you know it's a bowl game. It, it's it's possible. Uh, you know there's a path that we outlined last episode, which by the way, go back and listen if you missed it last week. But uh, it, it's certainly good to hear that from your leader that you know, focusing in on the fundamentals and and winning the little battles. Uh, That's what you want to hear from one of your team captains. As for game one, it's the Temple Owls coming into Piscataway. Uh, One in six last year, they were picked to finish, what, second to last in their conference. Uh, You know, they do have a couple playmakers and starts with the quarterback, a, a transfer from Georgia. Let's listen to Greg Schiano's scouting report for the Temple Owls. He touches the ball every play. He's a very good player. I'm very familiar with him. He was actually committed to us at Ohio State at one point. So when I was coaching there, so, um, well, I was committed. I don't know if he was committed, but we were very much in, in contact. I can't really remember the details, but I know him as a high school player. I've seen him in Georgia tape. I've seen him, uh, you know, I think he's a really good player. I know he's a really good player. He's athletic. He's tall. He can throw the ball. He can run. Uh, definitely gives you a lot of challenges. Um, you know, it was announced today that, that – um, the backup quarterback is the, is the freshman Lynch, and we all remember his brother from Northern Illinois. And when you do your research, his brother actually coached him in high school, running the same system. So what a great advantage, right, to have a couple years of experience in the system. So I think they have good depth at the quarterback position. Uh, as you mentioned, there's so many transfers um, on defense and on offense. Uh, that that you just have to kind of do some research on each guy and then try to see where they will how they will use those people in their scheme will they change their scheme will it be the same I think the consistent thing you look at their O-line their O-line's an experienced group and that's going to be a big challenge for us Um, it looks like the O-line and then at wide receiver um, five and zero are you know big time guys and and uh, you know we're going to have to know where they are and 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 be able to defend them. So I think they really have a, uh, a potent offensive football team. Uh, certainly with talent, they do. Uh, running back will probably be by committee, which um, it sounds that way. I don't know, but you just read between the lines. It sounds like they're going to play more than one running back. Um, and then defensively, you know, they, they have some, some linebackers that I think really get after you. Uh, and, and, you know, like you said, they have the transfer from Washington State at one defensive end. And, so it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, we're going to all be feeling our way through it. I'm sure they're going to be feeling their way th- through it as well. But we have to come out ready to go. That's that's all I can concern myself with. At the end of the day, we need to know who we're playing against for sure. But first games especially, more games are lost than won. Right? we got to make sure we take care of business, avoid the mistakes, and play really, really hard. And uh, in our home stadium, that's what we need to do. So, of course, a few players on Temple have Greg Schiano's attention. And, uh, you know, he mentioned it there at the end. At the end of the day, you can't really worry too much about that. you got to take care of your own business. So I just want to get your guys' reaction as Rutgers now gets ready to play Temple. What can we look for in this game? Yeah, Temple's an interesting team, Ryan. I mean, you know, last year they, they were 1-6, and six, as you mentioned. They were really hit hard by injuries. They had a lot. They had several, um, you know, key players uh, were COVID-19 opt-outs. Uh, they obviously had a tough year, but, you know, they do have some some talented players on, on both sides of the ball. He, you know, we obviously heard Greg talk about Dewan Mathis, the Georgia transfer. He started last year, the season opener against Arkansas, didn't end up holding the job. 
Um, but he's an interesting player. And then he also meant, mentioned that offensive line. That's an experienced group. They return. It's a, it's 127 combined career starts on the line. So they're, they're experienced. One of the more experienced in their conference, certainly. So that'll be an interesting challenge for Rutgers defensive line to handle. Um, they do have a lot of transfers, 11. Nine of them are from Power 5 programs. And then the two receivers that that Shiano mentioned, Jaden Blue and Randall Jones, both very talented playmakers. So that'll be a challenge for Rutgers secondary. Um, but overall, you know, I, I think that, you know, Temple's sort of an enigma at this point. They do have so much roster turnover. But as I said, they do have some playmakers. So it's going to be an interesting game. It's not the easiest team to open up against, a, you know, a non-conference schedule with. But, um, you know, I certainly think it's going to be a good game. But again, as I said last week, and I'm sticking to it, I think Rutgers will handle business. Yeah, and, and I think... It- Taking care of business against Dewan Matthews, Mathis, the quarterback, is going to be key because Rutgers is going to have to get pressure on him. You know, he he's a he's a pro style quarterback. He sits in the pocket, but he doesn't have a lot of experience. If you can get in his face and make him move, I think you've got a good chance to really disrupt this offense. And it's going to be tough against that that experienced offensive line. But if you if Rutgers can get some pressure on this kid, I think they can make some headway and really kind of turn this game in their favor. And I think that's going to be a, a critical thing for them. The Temple situation kind of almost mirrors Rutgers in a way, almost a, a couple of years behind them. It wasn't that long ago. Temple was back-to-back 10-win seasons, five consecutive bowl games with Matt Rule leading the way. Uh, they've taken a step back, obviously, since then. But, uh, Chris, you kind of mentioned it. Last year, you can almost kind of throw out that record, as you can with so many teams, with all the uncertainty and stops and starts and everything last season. Sure, one in six, but you get all these, uh, these influx of, of transfers coming in. And on paper, at least, this is a, a much different team from what we saw out of the Owls last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, every you have to take every team sort of on a case by case basis and look at the you know the variables that are at play, both for them, the opponents that they went up against last year. Um, there's no question that this is a very different looking Temple team. Um, and but they they do have several returning you know like I said playmakers that you know have the potential to d- do some damage and make an impact. Again, different team. I still think Rutgers should should be able to, you know, do what they have to do. And I, I like what their head coach Rod Carey did. He took them away out of Philadelphia for half a training camp, kind of like uh, a, a bonding experience for this team to try and bring them together for a couple of weeks. And I think that's a great move on their part. And uh, you, you know, you may see a much more cohesive Temple team this season. It should be interesting, and for those who care about such things, Rutgers, they are about 14-point favorites at home for this game. So let's get into our prediction segment. Before we do our score predictions, how about a bold prediction out of Game 1? I'll go first. I think the special teams, one bold prediction for me, one big special teams play, whether it's a kick return, punt return, punt block, I think special teams will make an impact in Game 1, especially if the conditions are... Not quite ideal. If there's some lingering rain around, if there's some wind, uh, that only puts more of an emphasis on special teams. So my bold prediction for game one, the special teams department for the Scarlet Knights makes at least one big play. I like that prediction, Ryan. I could I could see that happening. I, I think I'll go with the, you know, Rutgers will kind of strike first. They'll, they'll score on their first drive of the game, really make an early statement. Um, and then my other prediction will be that the rain holds off. 
<laughs> well, I hope you're right on that second one. I My bold prediction is that Sean Gleason is going to open this offense up a little bit. We're going to see them take some shots downfield and make some plays and really try and jumpstart this passing game and get them a little bit, a bit of confidence. And also that you know can open up the running game a little bit more. Um, I, I think you're going to see them take some shots, and I think they're going to make some big plays on offense downfield. And as for the score, game one under the – Thursday night lights of uh, Piscataway. Rutgers, uh, as I said, about 14-point favorites. The over-under sitting at about 51 or so at the moment. So what do we guys think? What's our score for game one, Rutgers versus Temple? You know, I've gone back and forth on this last couple of days trying to decide what I think that the score is going to be. I'm going to go 28-17, Rutgers getting the win. I'm going to have a similar score, but I got Rutgers covering here. 28-7 and take the under. I agree with you on that, Steve. I'll go 31-13, Rutgers covers, but we go under 51, and we're all looking forward to it. I know if you're listening as well, you're looking forward to Thursday night. Uh, Of course, we are here every week breaking down the schedule for the Scarlet Knights. We're just getting started. Game one right around the corner. We cannot wait to talk about this entire season of Rutgers football. Of course, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform to catch us every single week. As I said, episodes drop on Wednesday. This is a little bit of a weird one because we have a Thursday game, but throughout the season, when we do play Saturday games, we will have Wednesday episodes coming to you every week throughout the season. And of course, Chris and Steve are producing plenty of content for app.com, northjersey.com, mycentraljersey.com, whichever one you read, be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all of their Rutgers football coverage. Thank you so much for listening to The Chop episode two we have a whole season ahead of us let's kick this thing off we cannot wait for thursday night thank you for listening for chris for steve i'm ryan we'll talk to you next week on the chop